You're listening to Thoughts of Thaddeus, a show dedicated to people wrestling with life and faith. Here is Pastor Nick Pierce. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Nick Pierce. This is Thoughts of Thaddeus. We are in season two, just getting warmed up. This is episode two, so uh, feel free to go back, listen to episode one, just talking about the whole COVID um, and the positive things that I think it has brought, um, not just to the church and and in our faith, but even just in daily life, you know, to keep an eye on what is important. And so uh, one of the things that I had said there, I said, hey, we're going to be talking about that in the next podcast. So there's two things that I really want to focus on here this this time. Uh, one, we were created by God. And I know what you're thinking, Don Nick. Okay, what else? Like, I've been hearing that for years. So we'll talk about that. We were created by God, and we were created for God. You know, so that's the big idea, the main takeaway. We were created by God and for God. And these are two huge truths that we need not only to know, because that's the thing, we've heard this, right? We've heard this, like if we've grown up in the church or if we've been involved in church at any time, we have known those two things. Um, So not just, hey, if you're new to this, I'm just trying to get you like caught up to where the rest of us are uh, in our faith. No, that's not what I'm talking about. So we don't, uh, it's not that we just, need to know these, but we need to respond to this in our lives. So we were created by God and we were created for God. So how do we respond to this in our life? Because that's, you know, honestly talking about a relationship with Jesus, you know, one part of the relationship is responding to the other party. You know, my wife just doesn't tell me things about her. She doesn't just write a book about herself and I read it and that's cool, you know, There are times that we talk to each other, that we engage with each other, and we respond to each other. So it's not just trying to fill up our our heads with uh, knowledge, but how do we respond because of who God is and what he's done? How does that change our lives? So when I wake up and it's a Tuesday, how does this change how I sit during a staff meeting? How does this change how I respond to somebody at the mall or at a fast food restaurant or the person that accidentally cuts me off. Like, so that's, that's, that's where we need to get to. Not just talking about, okay, yeah, I was created by God and for God. That sounds cool. And then you walk out, but like, you know, so there's a difference between our theological mind and our street level, like living it out. And so that's what I'm talking about and responding. Where's our street level, you know, living it out, what do people see when they look at you or me or someone who calls themselves a Christ follower? And so what does that look like when we talk about we are created by God and we are created for God? So I was created by God. We're created in his image and his likeness. And because of that, you know, a lot of people want to dig into that and be like, okay, what does image and likeness mean? Does that mean God has a, a human form or shape or, you know, is it our morality that, you know, or uh, uh, we have the same, uh, God gave us his sense of morals that we've, you know, diluted because of sin. You know, are we just a thinking, you know, God has a mind, a will, uh, an intellect. If you want to get into that, just find some deep theological book or whatever and just have fun with it. But at the end of the day, you're going to read all this and what do you get? A bunch of head knowledge, which is great if we respond 
if it changes our street level walk with Jesus. That's the biggest thing. I don't want to just, and so I would rather focus on who God is, what he's done for us, and how do we respond in the daily? Because when we stand before him, it's not going to be some bubble test, you know, to see if we get in. It's not going to be, you know, like uh, we used to do, they were called the NMAP testing, I think, the uh, testing at school. And it was all day long. You built like a little cubby on your desk so nobody would cheat. And you could build it however you wanted. You got snacks and you just took test after test after test. The teachers were actually really nice because their jobs depended on how well we did. And I'm going to confess, like on some of them, I just started making designs on the bubbles. Like every teacher probably just like shrieked right there. But yeah, that's not what it's going to be like when we stand before Jesus. He's not going to sit us down at the desk and be like, okay, you answer these hundred questions and we'll see what score you get and if you get in. But how did we live our lives? How did we, how, how, how did our relationship with Jesus affect our daily, normal, mundane lives? I mean, because to be very honest, like, let's just, let's just be honest. Can we, can we be transparent for a moment? I, how many of us are really going to go to another country and be this amazing missionary that are going to lead thousands of people to the Lord? No, we're probably just going to grow up, maybe get married, maybe not, have kids, maybe, maybe not, have a job. We're going to be hopefully involved in our church. But again, where does it look like on the street level? Just because you know our occupation isn't a missionary doesn't mean we can't do great things for Jesus. And just because we say great things for Jesus doesn't mean they're going to be hugely significant in it. You know, like you're, you're not going to be famous by that. Like the world's sometimes the greatest things that people have done uh, for the advancement of the kingdom. Nobody knows about, you know, I mean, how many of us are here because there was a grandma or a grandpa that just loved us and prayed for us and, and, they did no great thing. They just loved us and they led us to Jesus and they showed us what a life sold out for Jesus looked like. Nobody knows that. Nobody rarely even knows who my grandma and my grandpa are, but their impact was huge for me. And so, again, I was created by God, his image and his likeness. And because of that, I have value and purpose. And I think that speaks to that street level uh, walk with Jesus. Because if I know that, I have purpose. I'm not just wandering aimlessly through life trying to figure it out. There's a point to my life because I was created by God. And you were created by God. And so you have purpose for your life and you have value for your life. It's something that our culture really doesn't want to speak into. But all of us have intrinsic value because of who we are just by creation. That God created us in his image and his likeness. So there is value in that. The kicker is, do we see value in ourselves because of that? Do we see value in others because of that? And that changes, again, how we respond and how we treat people. Uh, usually when I'm in a moment of weakness uh, behind the steering wheel of a car uh, in traffic or 
somebody does something um, reckless, and I'm trying to be very polite in how I describe this situation. Hopefully you can uh, empathize with me a little bit. That's the last thing on my mind, and my wonderful wife, who is sitting next to me, will always tell me, Jesus died for that person. God created them. They have value, they have purpose, and it changes how I respond. <laughs> A lot of conviction there on the driving. So we, I have value, I have purpose, you have value and purpose because you were created by God. And this all declares the relational aspect of God and man. So think about it. Value and purpose given. So God has this, and in his creation, it transfers value and purpose, right? And so, I mean, think of a great artist. Let it be drawing or painting or sculpting or music. Like, let's go down the music road for a little bit. I love hearing from an artist where they were at in their lives, what they were thinking about when they wrote this song, like a behind the music type thing. I love that, you know? Uh, sometimes they're great stories. Sometimes it's like, wow, you sold millions and millions and millions of records and that's how you came up with the song. Like, what am I doing wrong with my life? But, um, but I love that. Or, you know, you see an artist, you see a painting and, and, and it, and you hear about what was going on and what was resonating in their heart. And this is how they expressed that outward. You know, there's, there's, that adds value and purpose to that work of art. Well, think about it. Value and purpose given, like, so because we have received value and purpose, we get a glimpse into God's heart. God has a will and a mind and a purpose, and God has value that he has bestowed his value upon us in his creation. That we weren't just, you know, we didn't go from the goo to you via the zoo. I love that little line. You know, we weren't just amoebas and then amoebas with tails and then amoebas with tails and an ear. And then eventually, you know, we walked out of the goo and walked through the transition of the zoo until we arrived at, oh, here's man now. Like, one, science doesn't back that whatsoever. Two, what kind of value or purpose is that? None whatsoever. Absolutely none. But value and purpose is given. And the other relational aspect of God is that there's value and purpose received. You know, so once we understand who God is and what he has done for us, it affects us. And it affects who we are when we understand who we are. Like, that's huge right there. When we understand who we are, we are God's, created by him and created for him, which we'll talk about next. It impacts who we are. So do you know who you are so that you can be who you need to be, right? And so this goes right into the next truth. We are created for God. And there's great responsibility and freedom in knowing who we are, like whose we are. Like we got to understand who we are, but then we have to understand whose we are. Like this is now who, who do we belong to? And I think of Ephesians 2, you know, so we, we love the verses of 8 and 9 where it talks about, uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith 
This is uh, not a result of works that no one can boast, but here you go. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So here's this purpose and what we were created for, which God pre prepared beforehand, these good works, that we should walk in them. And so when we think about, okay, why was I created and what is my purpose, you know, if you go into somebody's garage and they have all their tools lined up, hopefully cleaned, ready to go, ready to be used, that's, that's who we are. You know, God just didn't create us aimlessly, but with purpose, you know, and, and we have to fulfill that purpose. And so if you're working on a project and you need a hammer, you're not going to grab a screwdriver. Or if you need pliers, you're not going to grab a hammer. Or, you know, each tool has a certain purpose for that. Just like how the body, each part has a certain purpose. So we were created by God, but we were created for God. And we need to understand whose we are. We are in his tool chest to be used by him. And that's, there's nothing negative in that. It's, a, it's wonderful because there's freedom in it. That we are free from, you know, the sin uh, the slavery of sin and free to worship Jesus. And there's responsibility because of the guidelines he has set for how that we worship him and how, how that should be expressed. And I, and I hope that resonates with you. That we were created by God and we were created for God. And we don't have to be shackled and bound to the slavery of sin anymore. But there's freedom to worship Jesus. And some people say, well, how can there be freedom when you have to do this? Let me explain it this way. I can walk into my high school reunion and have no shame. Not that I was a perfect kid, but I wasn't a horrible kid. I can walk into my high school and I, whoever I graduated with or I went to high school with, really no regret, no shame of, of anything because I lived within the boundaries. There's freedom in that. Now imagine if I lived a completely different lifestyle and then now there's people I want to avoid and I don't want to see or I don't want to get caught or think about, uh, I heard it expressed this, this way. I thought it was really good. You know, uh, so so if a guy is committing adultery and he is cheating on his wife, you know, where he has to run around and hide and he has to protect his phone and, and his, you know, his credit card receipts and he's got to watch out if anybody's going to see him out and about, you know, so he's trying to maybe go to dinner with the other woman and, but they got to go somewhere where people that would know him uh, or his wife wouldn't recognize him. Like that doesn't sound like there's freedom. You know, but since I'm a one woman man, I can walk into any restaurant, her on my arm, and we're, there's freedom in that. The same way in our worship with Jesus. You know, when we walk away from our sin, and, 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 and because of the cross of Jesus and the chains are broke off, now we have freedom. Now we don't have any regrets. He's wiped our slate clean, and now. When God sees us, he sees the righteousness of Christ. And so the old is gone and done. He is old Nick. B.C. Nick is dead and gone. And the only thing that's left here is this 
hopeful servant of Christ that's trying to live each day in the normal, everyday, mundane aspects of life, all for the glory of Jesus. There is freedom. Because, think about it, God fully knows us. If he created us, he fully knows us. He knows everything that we've done, and he still reaches out his hand to us so that we can be in relationship with him. What greater freedom is it than to know that we are created by God and to know that we are his and what we are created for? It's amazing. And so if you're struggling with that, I encourage you. Do you want freedom? Jesus said, I came to give you life and life abundantly. He wasn't talking about the next life, which there's absolutely going to be amazing. and There's going to be freedom and that's going to be life abundant times eternity because it'll never end. But I think he was even talking about before death that we can have even on this earth amidst all the brokenness and the sin and the effects of sin, we can still have true life now. You know, John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that we know Jesus. See, our eternal life doesn't start when we die. Our eternal life starts when we know Jesus. Do you know him? I encourage you to ask yourself that question. Do you know who you are and who created you? So thanks for joining us for Thoughts of Thaddeus, a discussion of life and faith. Hope you have been blessed. Take care. Thanks for listening to Thoughts of Thaddeus. If you have any questions about God or want to get deeper into your faith, feel free to hit Pastor Nick Pierce up on Instagram at Nickus1. That's N-I-K-K-U-S-1. Thanks and have a great day.